Whether you like fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know the one with the turquoise tube all over your socials? Yeah, that's Thrive Cosmetics, and Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards, it's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I love their Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlight stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving an instant lift, but also you can... You can apply it down the bridge of your nose or ever so slightly blending a line onto my cheekbone. It's really versatile and easy to blend. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash Lexi. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash L-E-X-I-E for 20% off your first order. I'm a little bit of a drama queen but I definitely will be having a horrible day and then wash my hair, style it, and then think, okay, everything's actually all right. (laughs) And one of the best products I've tried recently is Waze New Hair Gloss. It takes five minutes. It's an easy addition to your routine. You do it in the shower. It's made with hyaluronic acid and rice water. Not only does a hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhance color vibrancy, so your hair is looking and feeling healthier. It also helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees, which is very important to me. And then it's honestly just a bonus that my hair looks shinier and healthier. The hair gloss is only one of the amazing products that Way makes. They have an amazing leave-in conditioner, a great detox shampoo, some lovely fragrances, and a hair oil. So give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use promo code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Lexi. Introducing the new chocolate cream cold brew. Light, sweet, and silky chocolate cream cold foam meets bold, smooth Starbucks cold brew for a delicious way to make the most of your summer day. Your happy is here at Starbucks. Order ahead on the app. everyone I could be making a horrible decision right now fingers crossed it's not because I'm feeling quite motivated and in the mood to record this podcast I'm Lexi Lombard your host of the at Lexi podcast and you're listening to a very new episode and the reason this could potentially be a bad idea is because it's 4 p.m and it looks like it's about to storm now storm pretty obvious could be noisy causing you know you a bit of distraction but also 4 p.m meaning a lot of people are getting off work soon, meaning the street traffic will increase, therefore the street noise will increase, therefore you will have potentially more background distraction. (laughs) In any case, I'm here and I think we can put up with that, don't you think? I think so. Also, I want to give an enormous thank you and just warm, ew, ew, was I really going to say warm virtual hug? Yeah, I was. Ugh, I'm, I, anyway, I did mean it though, which is the worst part. Um, A warm virtual hug to all of you that found last week's episode beneficial. It was, we're all gonna die. Uh, Words of wisdom from the great Olivia O'Brien. Anyway, the episode was all about finding a new perspective on darkness and going through dark events in your life. Also the idea of life, the idea of death, the idea of taking your own life and 
I found the second part of that episode to be really um, a, a piece of dialogue that I'm proud of and getting a positive response on it was really rewarding because a lot of times as a content creator, I will create something that I'm so proud of and then I release it to the public and it's not taken well. Vice versa, a lot of times I'll create something that I hate. A lot of my least favorite videos are some of my highest viewed videos on my YouTube channel. So when you can find that sweet spot of creating something that you're proud of but the public responds too well is the best. So I want to give a big thank you for that. And then this week, funny enough, as I mentioned in last week's episode, that I'm in the dark right now but I very well could wake up tomorrow and it could all be over and you know what? Not more than two days later was it all over for a brief period of time i was it happened while i got to bryant park my favorite morning routine is when i have training in the morning and i will take the subway to bryant park read on the subway or listen to a podcast or music or billy's new album and then sit at bryant park with my coffee and read i always have a little vlog clip i always spend at least like two or three minutes just talking anyway while i was there i got a text from my friend who i hadn't heard from in a few days and we had come up with like a little bit of an idea that i thought was going to come to fruition and then when i hadn't heard from her for a few days i just figured she was giving me the slow burn and our idea wasn't going to happen and then i get a text from her saying okay is thursday to monday like too soon and i said nope and ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, I am going to Colorado. I'm going to be flying to Denver Thursday morning. I'm going to drive down to Virginia Wednesday night, and I am so incredibly excited. I've been dreaming about going out west. Utah, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, that's just a part of the country that is so undeniably stunning that I am so desperate to see. And... Don't get me wrong, East Coast is beautiful, but there is something about those mountains, about those trails and hikes and hot springs that I need to experience. I mean, Arizona, I wanna go to Sedona. Anyway, there's a lot of traveling that I want to do, but I've been so happy in New York City. I mean, I haven't been so happy lately. I've been like <laughs> neutral leaning dark, um, you know, but I don't think that has anything to do with New York City. I think that I would be that way anywhere, um, but I've just been really enjoying New York City ever since it came back to life, which fingers crossed I don't go back into lockdown. I don't know what's about to happen, uh, but I want to soak up every minute that I can just in case we do go back into lockdown, so I haven't been traveling too much, but I'm going to be going to Colorado, so slide in my DMs, guys. Slide in them and let me know hot springs, hikes, like particular names. I think we're staying in a place called Loveland that's a little bit outside of Denver. I don't really care about bars or nightlife. I, I just, you know, I've been doing a lot of that here. I really want to experience things that I can't experience anywhere else but Colorado. I'm having a fantasy of sitting in a bikini in a hot spring with my bestie, drinking a little cocktail or something, smoking a joint, maybe taking some mushrooms, who knows? I would love to take mushrooms in Colorado. So I am a little bit excited and it's put me in a better place of knowing that I have just a few days here this week and then I'm gonna be taking off on an airplane. Fingers crossed so I don't get anxious. I'm glad I'm flying with a friend because I hate airplanes right now. They just stress me out. I don't like knowing that 
I don't know, I've gotten, I've developed mild control issues where I don't like knowing that I have no control over when we hit the ground. Like if I'm ready to be back on the ground, no one cares. Like the plane's not gonna land for me um, just because I want it to. So I'm glad I'll have a friend there and I won't feel too claustrophobic because sometimes I start to feel really claustrophobic on flights. What else has been going on? Okay, so I've been in a good groove and one of the greatest things that's been helping me in terms of productivity, knowing how volatile I've been emotionally, is to find a priority each day and only give myself the absolute essentials. I was a huge proponent of really long to-do lists because I thought it gave me satisfaction being able to cross off very mundane things. But then I would realize that I would, you know, accomplish 80% of my to-do list and which is the majority. However, the 20% that I didn't accomplish were actually the most important things that I needed to do. And I picked up this book called Essentialism and it's all about the idea of finding what your priority is and figuring out how you can make the highest contribution possible by eliminating all distractions. Learning how to not be such a yes man. I'm such a yes man. This book has taught me now. I'm only about, I don't know, 40, 50 pages through it. I just started it. Um, on my to-do list, I'll have two things. You know, it'll say vlog, final draft, and podcast. For example, that was today. Like I just need to send in my last draft of the vlog and the podcast. Nothing else is important until I do that. And once those two things are done, then I can move on to next things. And that's been really helping me. And another thing that's been helping me with being sure to get everything that I need done or like at least the essential things done is to do it first thing in the morning because I know how good I'll feel as soon as it's done. I definitely have had reverse ideas previous days where I'm like, you know what? You need the morning to yourself. And of course it's a case by case basis. So why don't you have a slow morning you can watch an episode of tv or like go on a walk or go out and get coffee or something which sometimes i need a little bit of that just to give me a boost but a lot of times it sets me back and then i end up not having very much momentum whereas accomplishing something first thing in the morning definitely does provide momentum and that's been working for me for the past few days editing lexi here i've read more in the book and must i let you know it is exactly what I need to hear right now. It's targeting a lot of my weaknesses. It. I just got to a chapter that's discussing being detail-oriented, but focusing on nonsense, which I remember being so bad at that in class where we'd be listening to a lecture or watching a PowerPoint presentation from a teacher and taking notes on not the main point. And essentialism is all about putting away all that noise, not distracting yourself with details that really don't have anything to do with the big picture. And I'm someone who sometimes just will completely avoid the big picture and really focus in on a detail that I personally find interesting when really it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, what else have I learned? That being invited to a party is not a good enough reason to attend. What else have I learned? Hmm, what have I have written down? Let me go get the book real quick. Wow, the editing portion of me is really going in. We're going to speak a little bit. One sec. Various things I have underlined include... <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm about to share a little interesting detail that doesn't really need to do with the main point. But 
it's disgusting elimination. The example is that we're dividing our clothes into different piles, like must keep, get rid of, etc. And they brought up this thing called sunk cost bias, which is that studies have found that we tend to value things that we already own more highly than they're actually worth. So it's a little solution to that issue, which it's totally true. I mean, I'll have trouble parting with a shirt that I got for 25 cents at the Goodwill bins, but I've increased its value because it's been in my life for X amount of time. But the question that it says to ask yourself in these situations is, if I didn't already own this, how much would I spend to buy it? Next underline. Oh, this is cute. A poet, Mary Oliver, wrote, Tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Just to keep that little question in the back of your head. When you're saying yes to things, like, is this really how you want to spend your one wild and precious life? Okay, now I'm getting to the portions that I read without a pen. You should see my underlying portions from... I, I can tell when I was in my room and when I was reading the book on the subway because the underlines I made on the subway are practically zigzags. Another quote I underlined, William James once wrote, My first act of free will shall be to believe in free will. Yeah, that's a crucial skill. <laughs> you need to develop the belief in free will because when you think that you have no control over your life and you have to look at your daily to-do list and you don't want to do any of it, maybe you should take some time to sit down and think, why am I doing this? You know, I've definitely read some portions of people who work in offices and they just spend all days in meetings. A theme that they say over and over again in this book, who is even the author? Greg McCowan. McCowan? Greg McCowan? One of his main themes is distinguishing the trivial many from the vital few. And it can be applied to any kind of human endeavor, large or small. So figuring out which aspects of your time are actually making you more money, bringing you more joy. I think it's easiest to think of this in terms of work, finding what it is that is making you the most money and then trying to spend the max amount of time on that compared to other things that you might spend more time on during the week that actually aren't making you very much money. There's this idea called the Pareto Principle, and I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> is this book club? Holy shit. We're just gonna go with it. Okay, so this Pareto Principle dates as far back as the 1790s, and it's the concept of 20% of our efforts produce 80% of the results. Things to keep in mind. I'm just learning so much. Also, huge tip that I want to take that I definitely don't. Uh, I got to a part in the book that's discussing journaling and keeping a journal. I already keep a journal. I'm really great at that. Uh, however, he suggests that every 90 days, we take an hour to read our journal entries from the recent period. I can't believe I've never done that. I hardly ever go back and read my old diary. I haven't done that since a podcast episode where I decided to read my diary. But he makes the point, don't be overly focused on the details, like the budget meeting in three weeks or Thursday night's pasta dinner. Instead, focus on the broader patterns and trends. Capture the headline for these last three months of your life. I need to do that. What an actionable step. Love that. Um, so thank you all for coming to this impromptu book club from me, Editing Lexi. Yeah, I really just came to pop on to say I recommend this book if you're someone who's easily distracted and you find yourself 
being busy but not really accomplishing anything or you feel like you're spreading yourself too thin for really no gain, highly recommend. It's called essentialism. Okay, on to the regular episode. What else has been going on in my life? So I had a very good weekend as well. Being in a good mood, I went out to dinner Friday night. I went to this restaurant with my friends called, I've been calling it Aida. One friend calls it Ada, another friend calls it Ida. It's A-I-T-A and it's really, really fresh Italian food. They have their main restaurant in Clinton Hill and then they have a trattoria, like a smaller restaurant in Crown Heights. I went to the one in Clinton Hill. Their burrata was incredible there. Bolognese was incredible. We got this scallop and shrimp pasta that was insane. Their desserts were so good. They have this mezcal cocktail with passion fruit and basil that goes crazy. It was amazing. It was so amazing that Sunday I already wanted it again. I was like trying to find someone I could go with. I'm like, no, no, no. You have one green chef left in the fridge. Eat it. You don't need to have this restaurant twice in two days. I'm sure you could make it. It was a flatbread with a ricotta sauce and I made the ricotta with lemon and honey and spread that on the flatbread and then I had caramelized onions and apple slices in a balsamic vinaigrette and then I put that on top of the ricotta with red pepper and honey and walnuts and it was so good. Very satisfying meal, very satisfying meal and I've been so lazy about cooking, I've been saying that so meal delivery services. I also got Saqqara last week or two weeks ago and that was really convenient. I love having food that I don't need to put much effort into Um, but I'm probably not going to be doing much of that this week because I'm going out of town so I'm going to be living off sweet green. My I could probably have sweet green for lunch every day and never get sick of it. My two faves right now, I try to switch it up so I don't get too sick of the crispy rice bowl. I get the crispy rice bowl with steelhead instead of chicken. And then if I don't want to overdo it on that and have that like three days in a row, I'll get the burrata salad, which is so good. For someone who grew up not liking cheese, I love burrata. I love parmesan. I love cheese boards. So I really changed. Um, I'm trying to think of a cheese that I don't like. I still just wouldn't get a cheeseburger. I still wouldn't have a grilled cheese. I like pizza. It's just so funny. I used to literally just lie to people and tell them that I was allergic so I didn't have to deal with grown-ups being like, no, just take a bite. I hated that as a kid because I wasn't a picky eater. I just didn't like dairy products that much. I loved experimenting with food. I mean, I was in kindergarten ordering calamari and a Caesar salad, just, you know, baseline. I was definitely open to trying things. I just didn't like yogurt and cheese and cream cheese and cottage cheese and milk. I hated all of that stuff. And when I would go over to other people's houses, they're like, no, it's good. Just try it. I'm like, I believe you that you like it, but I'm not going to like it. Don't make me eat it. I'm not going to like it. I also hated, wow, I'm really passionate. I guess I need to vent this. I hated when grown-ups would make you finish your plate and I was just like I'm not hungry anymore like stop don't make me do this and (laughs) one time I had ordered I guess like it was a big family dinner you know some uncles and aunts and cousins had come into town and we went to a restaurant and uh this is when when grown-ups stopped doing this uh (laughs) I had gotten chicken tenders and I guess there was like three big ones and I'd had like maybe one or like Maybe I had a two and I had one left. Editing Lexi here, I remember correctly. There were three chicken tenders and I had only eaten one. 
And my mom was like, finish it. And my mom really never made me finish food. But I think she was just doing it under peer pressure of the family. Just like, oh, finish it. You only have one more. And I was like, I'm full. Like, I, I feel sick. I don't want to eat anymore. Like, I'm full. And she made me finish it. And in the car, on the way home, I threw up on my dad. Because <laughs> I was so full. And then everyone started believing me after that. They're like, this girl just doesn't want it or she knows what she likes and doesn't like oh there was a few times in my upbringing where I never threw up on my mom once but I threw up on my dad multiple times and it was like almost a little bit of a curse sorry dad (laughs) I'm so sorry anyway yeah don't be a food pusher it's so annoying also I realized I have a fear of giving people my food um which is the opposite of how some people are. Some people love to feed people. Some people love to cook for their friends and and show off new recipes. I am so afraid of giving someone something that I cooked and them hating it. I, I don't know why and I don't think I'm a particularly bad cook. I'm probably really average. And I just... I, I went through a big cooking phase during quarantine, as a lot of us did, and I became really familiar prior to the scandals. Now I need to find a new place to get the similar style of recipes, but I loved the New York, um, oh, I could do New York Times, Bon Appetit is what I was going to say. I did a lot of Bon Appetit recipes. Yeah, what's the update on that scandal? They were, like, racist to their, um, they, like, weren't paying anyone but the, the white, um, chefs on the show right like wasn't that the issue I hope they resolve that anyway um back to the main point that I was making a lot of their recipes and I would post them on my stories and I would have friends be like oh my god can you make that for me and I would literally get a tightness in my chest like oh no what if they hate it like what if I don't make it right does anyone else feel that way I would love to be the opposite because one day well actually in my perfect world my husband does the cooking I would love a man who cooks for me. Oh, what what a stress relief. The idea that we have to feed ourselves so regularly is so frustrating. Do you know how much willpower it takes to not have a snack as a meal and like actually prepare something for yourself? It's one of my least favorite aspects of adulthood, truly. I would love to have my meals cooked for me because I love home-cooked food, but it just sucks as a person for one, you know? Um, you know, maybe if a few of my friends were eating it, I don't always feel the way that I just described about feeding people. I made a kale salad with, um, well, I had ordered a a grandma pizza, um, when I had a dinner party, but I did make a side of a kale salad and I got so many compliments on my kale salad. So when I get the compliments, I feel good about it. But anyway, um, retracting back to the idea of cooking, it just, it's a lot of prep and, a lot of cleaning for like 10 minutes of eating or however long it takes to eat a meal, like maybe 15 minutes. So that's, I guess, a mild gripe that I'm having. Wow, I'm telling you, I must have really needed to get that out because those felt like some held-in feelings about food. God bless food, though. There's so much good food. at That restaurant, Ada, best I've had in so long. And then I got tacos from Chavela's today. I got their chicken mole taco, and then I got their carne enchilada tacos that have pineapple and cilantro and verde salsa on top. It's mwah, so good, so satisfying, so satisfying. And that's a little bit about me. I went on for a, a lot of time not saying anything super insightful. 
<laughs> and that's that on that. Um, let's get into your questions. If you're feeling depressed or struggling with uncertainty or having difficulty sleeping, BetterHelp offers experienced therapists who can listen and help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available which may not be available locally in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. The Atlexi podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy and our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash atlexi. That's betterhelp.com slash A-T-L-E-X-I-E. Get matched with a BetterHelp therapist and get started. Love listening to my podcast. I love that you're here to listen. Do you ever wonder what it's like to create a listening experience like this week to week? Do your friends always tell you that you should have a podcast? Well, now is your chance. Our podcast network, Podcast One, is looking for the next podcast star. Think it could be you? Enter the self-made podcast competition now to find out. All you have to do is visit launchpad1.com self-made for a chance to win a contract with Podcast One, valued at over $100,000 in promotion and so much more. Enter now until September 3rd and tell all your friends to listen and download. Go to launchpad1.com slash selfmade to find out more. See official rules and sign up for your chance to win. That's launchpad1.com slash selfmade. The first question we're going to answer is from Hannah Cartwright, and she asked if I would ever live alone. Funny enough, when I was walking to Ada, I ran into a subscriber, and her and I walked together for a little bit. And she lived alone. I was just asking her, like, what do you think? And she kind of loved it because I oscillate back and forth between whether or not it would be the greatest or worst thing. I remember that was one of my biggest uh, questions I wanted answered when John left during quarantine and I was at the apartment alone. It was a little bit of a taste of could I survive being the only generator of energy in this space? It's all completely reliant on me. And I swam as opposed to sinking, so it's sort of something I want to do. I'm not sure I would actually regret if I went through this life without ever living alone. I'm a little curious, but if I were to, I would be very specific of my location. I would want to be very close to things, um, very close to friends, where I would have easy access to being social, because I am very much half extrovert, half introvert. I need almost equal time with people that I do alone. Nancy Sanchez asked, what's your go-to coffee order? Well, lately, if I'm going out for coffee, it's only to Blue Bottle or La Colombe. If I go to La Colombe, I'm either getting their oat draft or a black and tan, which is a mix of cold brew and the oat draft. And then if I'm at Blue Bottle, most of the time I just get an iced black coffee. But if I want something sweet, I'll get the New Orleans because it is really good. But make sure if you're getting the oat draft that you get it with ice because drinking it without ice just feels a little strange, to be honest. Nancy Sanchez also asked what my favorite Sunday activities are. So as a former Sunday hater and as a new Sunday, I don't want to say lover, but friend. I'm friendly to Sundays. I love to do laundry. 
I love to vacuum. I love to wipe the countertops. And I try to, you know, um, not force myself to do it and then, like, do a big load of dishes where I get up and I just sort of wipe the countertops and put the trash away, anything that's left out, just before I even make my coffee or have water or anything, just first thing when I wake up. And then I'll take any dirty clothes and put them in a pile and then any clean clothes from you know, maybe outfits that didn't get worn when I was deciding what to wear over the weekend, I hang that all up and just do a quick clean. And it's similar to what I was discussing earlier about momentum from doing something. It's really easy to start doing more as soon as you've begun something. And then I end up just being able to clean. And it's so satisfying because cleaning is one of those things where it is instant gratification, you know? Like, it takes 30 seconds for me to vacuum my rug. It takes maybe three minutes for me to vacuum my entire apartment and then all of a sudden I get to look at a beautiful vacuumed space you know it takes 30 seconds max to wipe my countertops down and it's stunning so that's something I've learned because instant gratification is something we often need when we're at a low and experiencing you know depression or anxiety I was getting a lot of dms about my skin picking that I mentioned in the last episode and saying that it's a dopamine release and I honestly think something like cleaning as if once you change the narrative around it like being a chore and think of it as like a very quick source to instant gratification one of the very few healthy sources of instant gratification that I can even think of I mean it can be really have a positive impact in your life I also like to do a little reflection, a little brain dump of the week, and I like to go through my camera roll and get even reminders I may have forgotten about what I did during the week, and just that helps me feel a little bit more proud of how I spent my time because I'm someone who very much, it should be a positive thing. It's what everyone I feel like is trying to get to, to live in the present, but as someone who definitely lives in the present, when I think of the past, or if I definitely have a warped sense that the past is bad and the future is good, but I don't really think about, you know, too far in the future. I'm very much thinking in the now, which has its pros and cons, which I would love to explore more. This is not the time to do it. Um, but anyway, doing a reflection on the past week is positive because I realized it wasn't as bad as I maybe thought it was. And then other things I like to do on Sundays, I mentioned that my friends and I spent all afternoon at Blue Bottle. We were sitting in the patio reading and that was so good. I felt like, I felt so European. It was such a European activity to sit outside a cafe with your book and your friends and just chat and then take breaks and read and then chat. And then we smoked a little joint and we went to Barnes and Noble and I picked up a new book for the week. It just was great. And then I think I cooked dinner and then did the dishes, got in my freshly made bed Oh, it was good. Oh, and then I watched White Lotus. Love White Lotus. I truly think that is one of the best shows that has been created in my lifetime. It is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. It is perfect. Ooh, Marissa Agode asked for my thoughts on Billie Eilish's album. I love it. I've been listening to it every single day. Out of the upbeat songs, NDA and Oxytocin. Incredible. Also, Happier Than Ever. Incredible. As for the slower ones, Getting Older, I Didn't Change My Number, Billy Bossanova, Goldwing, My Future. Okay, Your Power, if you're listening to it with headphones, the guitar at the beginning tickles my ears. It's delightful. 
I mean, it's just, it's a great album. And I know it's gotten some mixed reviews. And even amongst my friends, some of them are like, oh, I'm kind of sick of it already. And then I have friends saying it's their favorite album. I even had a friend say he thinks it's the best pop album that has been created in our lifetime. And so, I mean, I'm of, I'm in the fan group. I'm a fan. I love it. Denise Linger asked for my favorite sex toy. If you've never used the Womanizer, you're missing out. Editing Lexi because I've recently gotten a new one. It's from Monster Pub. It's green. I think it might be called the Monster Pub 2. I'm not entirely sure. <sighs> Game changing. Next level. I think it's the best one. Oh, great. An opportunity to reiterate. KG Sal's asked for my all-time favorite movie or show. White Lotus is such a good show. It's on HBO. Um, I've also been watching Gossip Girl, and I've been watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Reba as comfort shows lately. And by the way, I just finished Sabrina the Teenage Witch all seven seasons yesterday I believe I finished it and god that show just gets worse and worse I keep watching it because I just had to finish it begins season one was total comfort season two gave me anxiety for whatever reason they have this horrible tendency every season to just get a ton of new cast members and that's just unsettling as someone who's watching a show for comfort because a ton of newness is not exactly comforting um almost inherently there also is a contradiction to that because I also love change. But anyway, not, not in a comfort TV show. Anyway, I don't need to get so... I just sometimes... I know we do this. Why do we psychoanalyze what we're saying as we're saying it? Like, why was I thinking of reasons to deny the opinion that I was just sharing with you? Like, I was thinking of an opposing opinion, how I also side with that as well while saying the current opinion that I was saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why do we do it? It's so annoying. It's almost like I'm having inner dialogue as I'm speaking, and it's overwhelming. Anyway, season three was good, season four was good, but then the writing just gets bad. So there was one episode where Hilda, so Sabrina is the teenage witch, and she's living with her aunts, Hilda and Zelda. In one of the episodes, Hilda has a boyfriend, and he ends up being a total narcissist, super self-centered, and so she breaks up with him. We never see him again. Two seasons later, that same actor is in the show playing Zelda's long-lost boyfriend from hundreds of years ago, and we're not going to address that it's the same guy. And Hilda acted like in that episode that she never, never dated him, like we didn't just see him two seasons ago. Yeah, there's a lot of writing errors. Some people have different birthdays. They were celebrating one guy's birthday in the fall, but they were talking about how he was a Pisces. There's just a lot of like sloppy errors. It just gets really sloppy. And some of the episodes get so stupid, but some of the outfits are incredible. And when she's using her magic, it's fun. Towards the end of the show, she just stops using her magic. And it's just like, I'm watching her cause she's a teenage witch. Uh, I'm not just watching a coming of age sitcom. Uh, movies, The Parent Trap. One of my faves, Tayani Iricazzo asked for my go-to outfit when I need a confidence boost. Honestly, it's getting a pedicure and then going out in some fire shoes. 
because she was elevated in outfit and living in a city that's so walkable, it's really easy to put on like a semi-okay outfit and then put on crummy sneakers and leave just for comfort purposes. But if I were to put on the same outfit with just amazing shoes, and I have a great shoe collection, patting myself on the back for it. And now that it's summer, that's the reason why I included the pedicure because you just wanna make sure you have fresh looking feet if you're gonna have open-toed shoes total confidence boost and takes very little effort. Flo.tema asked for the biggest life lesson taught by my parents. Two things I want to discuss. One, my parents gave me a lot of independence from a very early age. My parents had very little restrictions for me. Very few things were off limits. Um, they trusted me from a young age and I am eternally grateful for that. And I mean that I can just think of countless examples. Something as little as being at dinner with some other friends my age and their parents and them not being allowed to have soda. But like I was fine having soda, like no one cared, um, which made it not super valuable to me because I had access to it whenever I wanted. There was no only one a day or you only get three a week or same thing being at dinners with grown-ups and being like one of the only couple kids. It was a restaurant overlooking the water and there was a little walkway. And I asked my mom if I could go play outside while we were waiting for our food. And she let me, you know, whereas um, my other friends weren't allowed until like, my mom was like, she'll be with Lexi, like it's fine. Even as a young kid, I could go bike riding by myself as long as, you know, I had a watch and she would tell me to be back by that time. And I got my trust by always being back by that time. And it allowed me to continue doing what I wanted to do. I mean, my mom letting me get on a train and staying with my YouTube friends in New York as a 15 year old. And I think having independence, especially as a female, is such a valuable trait. So I, I thank them for that. And that's a great lesson that I learned. And then another thing is this, I think was subconscious. My parents, their just go-to line for whatever reason when I was leaving the house was, have fun, bye. You know, a lot of parents say, be safe, bye, but it was always have fun. And I was always being told to have fun every single time I left the house. And that subconsciously put the idea of prioritizing fun in my life. And I've done a really good job at that. I make sure that I am finding delight in space and time by myself or more mundane activities and definitely socializing and making sure that I'm doing things I want to experience and having fun. I think it's really key to have fun and I'm glad that they taught me that. Luisa Yaras asked for my favorite YouTubers and fave expensive purchase. So my favorite YouTubers right now, I've been going through a massive Kendall Ray phase this past week. I have watched, I don't know, maybe six or seven of her videos, which means like six or seven hours. Now she's a murder mystery or crime story YouTuber. And her presence is so calming. She seems so well-researched and I love listening to her talk. I absolutely love it. I will say, going to Colorado, Colorado is one of those places that I've, I know this seems a little bit um, random, but let me connect it. For some reason, Colorado is a place I've always been drawn to. And even though I don't have any family there, it's a place that I could see myself raising a family or at least living in for some period of my life. Don't know why, I'm just randomly drawn to it. But a lot of these murder mystery stories that I've heard take place in Colorado. What's up with that? What's in the water up there? So Kendall Ray has been a really fave YouTuber of mine. 
I've recently discovered Uncarly. She's a booktuber. You know what? I'm in front of the TV. Let's see what's on my YouTube subscriptions. <laughs> what I currently have on the TV is super positive energy for your soul and home. And it's like an 11-hour stream. I really like Mina Rome. She makes food videos. Oh, and I love the Purple Palace. We just became mutuals on Instagram. I would love to meet her. She's an artist living in Paris. Super creative. Love her art. Valeria Rolden asked how to keep a friendship after an awkward situation. Well, first you gotta think to yourself, is this friendship a valuable friendship? Do her, him, whoever, do we love each other? Was this awkward situation worth losing the friendship over? More than likely, no, okay? Because awkward doesn't necessarily mean bad. It can be awkward. Confrontation can be awkward. Saying, you know, addressing an elephant in the room between you guys can be awkward. But ultimately, that's progress and growth for a friendship. And sometimes awkward things need to be said. I don't, it's, there's not much context to this question. So it's hard to say, um, you know, is it like you guys, you know, you made a move on them and they just weren't into it or something or vice versa. Or was it like you felt they were mistreating you and then you had to address it? I don't know what the situation is. The point is, after things have been said, just try to move forward and almost go like back to normal, but like the new normal. And very quickly, I feel like things can go back to normal. With a good friend, the awkwardness can't last too long. You know, sometimes it can be awkward for like even as little as a few days or a week. Jess Chauhan, this is this is a bad one. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna like my answer because it's sort of the inevitable. She asked, how do I deal with friends who won't get the vaccine? It's tricky because it's not mandatory. It's a choice, right? Which when there's a choice presented, it means you can choose not to. Education is the best defense. If you can give them reasons to get it, that could be helpful. Um, but sometimes laying off because if you're trying too hard to force them to get it, it might actually backfire and make them less likely to want to get it. It's tricky. It's tricky because them not getting it isn't illegal, you know? Like, they're allowed to not get it. We're just encouraging people to get it. Mad Gabriella Mays asked, do you believe in the one? I don't know if there's just one. Can there be a handful? That's what I believe. I also believe in divorce, which is coming from the girl who had parents that were still together and everyone in my family is still together. There's been no divorce in my family. So anyway, I don't have a lot of experience with divorce. I have, and honestly, I have a lot of experience with successful marriages, um, but I kind of want to get married twice in my life. You know, I randomly stumbled upon The Bachelorette yesterday because I had finished Sabrina the Teenage Witch and then it started playing Ghost Whisperer and then it started playing The Bachelorette. I have no idea how. And I was making fun of it and like laughing at it and cringing at it and then I got sucked in and I watched like three episodes of it. It was with Katie. I don't know if that's the current season or if it was an old season. I'm not really sure. They were all talking about marriage and how it's a forever thing you know he's only gonna get on his knees once and i'm like i would not be opposed to having an ex-husband <laughs> so do i believe that the one exists i don't know if there's just one i feel like there's a handful of people that i could get along with and like really have a successful relationship with but i am not i'm so not even remotely in a relationship or talking to anyone right now i'm actually very uh which is probably good for me right now it's probably a really good thing that I'm not involving myself into 
anyone else's life, but I'm not opposed to if I find someone that's a good fit. So, hot take. I believe in the handful. We're gonna call it an episode. Thank you so much if you made it this far. I will go on a limb. <laughs> not even really going on a limb. I'm gonna blatantly go out and say that this was not my best episode. This is the first episode you've ever listened to from me. 100% go listen to a few others. My personal favorites are Dealing With Death. Um, we're all gonna die if you want some more intense ones. The best sex I've ever had was a fun one. Being a hot girl, I'm a mean girl. Anti-imposter syndrome. Take a look. If you've already listened to those, I expect between last week's darkness and this week's sort of reach for stability... I think that's why this week's episode wasn't particularly interesting. I didn't feel very passionate about anything. I just have hope for the future because I'm about to be in Colorado. I'm telling you, I think I said this at the beginning of the episode, when I was sitting at the park and I got this text, the sun came out, you know, it, it didn't actually, but it visually did for me. I swear my entire scope, my entire, what's the word? Like all of my scenery got brighter and lighter and I love and hate it. It's literally like an acid trip when you're tripping and, um, you know, you're very sensitive to thoughts. They almost carry an energy that can become visual. And if someone says something negative or if you think something negative, it's almost like the world becomes gray and dark and cloudy and there's monsters. And then when you think something positive or a friend says something positive, suddenly rainbows appear and everything's glittery. I was completely sober, but basically had that experience. So I look forward to speaking with you next week. By the time next episode rolls around, I should be back. And I'm definitely going to vlog. So look out for a Colorado View view video on my YouTube channel. As well as regular programming New York vlogs. I've been posting every single week. There's always content going up. Other than that, I will see you or I will be speaking to you next week. XOXO, Lexi. Hey guys, it's Brooke and Danielle from Gals on the Go podcast. It's very minimal change, but basically what Wait, I did. Uh, can we talk about the TikTok? Because I saw you deleted it and I need to know that. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, but now that you're bringing it up. <laughs> On our show, we talk about everything from college, lifestyle, to navigating your 20s and beyond. And there's always that quote that people say, like, if they like you, you'll know. If, you do, if they don't, you'll be confused. But some people I don't know. <laughs> we hope you guys will join us every Wednesday for brand new episodes right here on Podcast One. Squeeze every moment out of summer with a mango dragon fruit Starbucks refreshers beverage. It's a combo of sweet mango and bold dragon fruit flavors for a vibrant, refreshing way to cool down on hot days. Your happy is here at Starbucks. Order ahead on the app. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So instead, we're going to have someone else say it. Because for some reason, when a random person talks about how great something is in a commercial, it's more believable. I saved with a Progressive home and auto bundle. And there you have it. I mean, I'm not sure why she's more believable than me, but either way, you get the point about the saving. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.